The truth lives. Political bomb show starring Rishon Blyden. Monday, Monday, so good to me. Monday morning, it was all. Welcome to Political Bomb Show. This is a pre-recorded show. Welcome, welcome to Political Bomb Show. I'm your host, Ray Sean Blyde, and today we're going to be talking about the hypocrisy of the Democrats opposing the wall. They were for the wall, for border security in the past, and now that Donald Trump is in power and they hate him so much, they do not want to give him a win on anything, even if it's good for the country, good for us, the people. They will not give him anything because they simply hate him, and hate is a very powerful powerful emotion powerful thing you when you're consumed with hate there's nothing that'll ever uh, make things right with someone that you absolutely hate hate is a very powerful powerful thing and so today's show is just focused on the hypocrisy of the democrats who was for border security but now they're against border security so I want you to tell me who said this we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected undocumented unchecked if you said Trump you would be wrong this was Mr. Obama in 2005 now who said this I voted when I was a senator to build a barrier to try to prevent illegal immigrants from coming in that would be Mrs. Locker up Clinton. So you see, these Democrats are very, very fickle. When they were in power, they were they were for border security. They were. Democrats were for the wall before they were against it. So I want to read an article from the Washington Post. Barring some miraculous breakthrough on Saturday, the current government shutdown will become the longest in American history, which we know it's still going on. But it has already hit another historic milestone. It is by far and away the stupidest government shutdown in American history. In 2019, the federal government will spend a whopping $4.407 trillion dollars Yet Congress and the President are shutting down the government in a dispute between the $1.3 billion the Democrats have approved for border security and the $5.7 billion the President is demanding, the difference being precisely 0.09998% of the total federal budget. In Washington, that is considered a rounding error. Worse, 
Democrats are doing it over a border wall strikingly similar to the one that they almost unanimously supported just five years ago. I want you to take that in and hear me again. Almost five years ago, they almost unanimously supported essentially the same thing that President Trump wants. While House Speaker Nancy Pelosi now says that a wall is, immora- is an immorality, back in 2013, she supported a bill that required the construction of a 700-mile of border fencing. Trump has called for a wall of anywhere from 700 to 900 miles long. The bill negotiated by the Gang of Eight, which included current Democrats leader, Democratic leaders, Senator Chuck Usumer and Richard J. Durbin, declared that not later than 180 days after the date of the enactment of this act, the Secretary of Homeland Security shall establish the southern border fencing strategy to identify where 700 miles of fencing, including double layers fencing, should be deployed along the southern border. That's not all. The bill further said that the Secretary may not adjust the status of aliens who have been granted registered provisional immigrants status until six months after a written certification that there is in place along the southern border no fewer than 700 miles of pedestrian fencing in all in other words democrats agreed that no illegal immigrants could get a path to citizenship until all 700 miles of the border fencing had been fully completed Every Senate Democrat voted for the Gang of Eight bill, including 36 Democratic senators still serving today. Barack and Saint Obama agreed to sign it. Indeed, he praised the bill for including what he called the most aggressive border security plan in our history and said that the Senate bill is consistent with the key principles for common sense reforms that I and many others have reportedly laid out. That bears repeating. Obama said, building a 700-mile fence on the southern border was consistent with the principles of the Democratic Party. Do you hear that? Are you listening? You stupid American Democrat fools constituents don't you not understand you're being played how stupid you are do you not know that these people are plain and simple hypocrites hypocrites do you understand so don't you dare call building a wall securing our border immoral when your party have said this repeated it's hate I keep going back to the word hate. They hate this president so much that they 
will give him nothing. Even if he was going to give every American a chicken in every pot, they would say no. Even if he was going to give everyone $5,000 to help uh, flourish the economy, they would say no. You idiots don't understand the hypocrisy. It's hate. Hate is powerful. When you hate someone, you hate something, nothing, nothing, nothing will change that. Nothing will change that. They absolutely hate him. Do you understand that they hate him? Continuing, Pelosi supported the Gang of Eight bill saying that at the time, every piece of legislation has had bipartisan support. But now we are shutting down the government over a wall, much like the one that Pelosi and Senator Democrat fully supported just five years ago. Democrats will object that the Gang of Eight bill did not fund a border wall, but it was in exchange for a lot of of concessions. Of course it was. As Obama said at the time, the bipartisan bill that passed today was a compromise. But today, Democrats are refusing to compromise or lay out what concessions they would accept in exchange for wall funding. You see what I mean? Hypocrites. When Trump rhetorically backed off the wall and talked about steel slats offense, Democrats ignored it. When Vice President Pence reportedly offered a deal for $2.5 billion, Democrats dismissed it. In a White House meeting Wednesday, Trump asked Pelosi whether if she agreed to end the shutdown and negotiate separately on the border security, she would support wall funding. She said, no, that is ridiculous. In their response to the president's address to the nation, which I didn't even listen to, so I'm reading this for the first time because I didn't even look at it or read it. So this is the first time I'm reading their, their response here. Schumer and Pelosi accused Trump of manufacturing a crisis. That is simply untrue. Let's call it what it is. It's simply a bold-faced lie. Don't sugarcoat it. It's a freaking lie. As, as you can, you know, I was listening when President Trump went to the border and spoke with, uh, I forget his name, he clearly, clearly, clearly agrees that it is a crisis and I think with like some 214 or something in just one day was trying to come over and they weren't all from Mexico by the way a lot of them were from other countries like Pakistan and China I can't remember all of it I'll see if I can find that soundbite but uh, the, as the Post reported this week the United States now faces a bona fide emergency on the border as record numbers of migrant families are streaming into the United States, overwhelming border agents and leaving holding cells dangerously overcrowded with children, many 
of whom are fallen sick. Democrats could not possibly be in a better position to demand concessions from Trump if they had manufactured a crisis. So, put some demands on the table for crying out loud. If Democrats think they have Trump cornered, then squeeze him and try to get a lot out of him. But don't refuse to negotiate and tell us the wall is an immorality because their voting history shows they don't believe that they are hypocrites and they lie. It's just like teenagers. How can you tell if a teenager is lying? Their lips are moving. And that's how the liberal Democrat wing is. How can you tell they're lying? Their lips are moving. Their lips are moving. They lie, lie, lie. So there's no question in my mind about it. There's really no question in my mind about it. So I don't know how you can... Um, how you can be for something consistently and then change your mind. Well, I do know. It's called hate. Hate is a powerful thing. Very powerful. How powerful? Well, what is hate? Hate. Let's look up the definition of hate. Definition of hate. Okay. So... The definition of hate. Feel intense or passionate dislike for someone, which we know. We definitely know that. So, when you're that passionately against someone, there's nothing that they can say that will ever change your mind is just not gonna happen it really isn't gonna happen so uh let's see here let me uh let's get to some sound bites here we're gonna play some sound of uh chuck u schumer flip-flopping so let's uh let me cue this up let's get to that doesn't think a president, Democrat or Republican, deserves his or her picks for who should run the agencies. Will you vote for your colleague, Senator Sessions, as Attorney General? I've already said I'll oppose Senator Sessions. The 9% rating is a cry by the American people to the Congress. Do something to help us. Our incomes are declining. Our lives are becoming more difficult. Stop the gridlock. Republicans are grinding the Senate to a near standstill. We can't influence when they have the hearings. The original plan was to have eight or ten hearings the first week. We can hold them up on the floor, and for two months, that's all they'll do is their nominations. And so they're sort of stuck there, too. Refusing to confirm qualified judges, preventing executive agencies from having the leaders they deserve. Well, it's a new world. People demand action. The old rules need to be modified. There's nothing that says they have to change the rules if Gorsuch doesn't get 60. And the logic, the irresistible, immutable logic is if the nominee doesn't get 60, you change the nominee, not the rules. We'd much prefer the risk of up or down votes in majority rule 
than the risk of continued total obstruction. That's the bottom line, no matter who's in power. We'd be derelict in our responsibility to the American people if we just let, let's do all of these in a week and not ask them any tough questions. But, but your hands are tied because in the last Congress, your Democratic leadership, you were a part of it, changed the rules so that you only need 51 votes yes. to confirm a nominee, not 60, yep. and therefore Look, you're living by your rules. Was that a mistake in retrospect? I argued against it at the time. I said both for Supreme Court and in Cabinet should be 60, because on such important positions there should be some degree of bipartisanship. I won on Supreme Court, lost on Cabinet, but it's what we have to live with now. Not, not the greatest situation when you're a minority. You wish it hadn't happened. You wish it hadn't happened? Yep. So, he wished it hadn't happened. So now, let's uh, do some more uh, sound bites. Walls don't divide us, hypocrisy does. So, let's play this sound bite right after these messages. Society's mask, it's society's way And the truth is That it's all a facade There's a face that we hide Till the night time appears And what's hiding inside Behind all of our fears Is our true, true self Locked inside the facade Why is this it's a secret A lie will tell you is true It's that it's that you meet on the street is in one man, but two. Nearly everyone you see like him is very new and he pretends to be a pillar of society. A model of propriety. Sobriety and piety. Shudders at the thought of notoriety. It has been the ups of the sinners and crooks. Today is Monday, today is Monday, Monday string beans, all you hungry children, come and eat it up. Alright, uh, where is, I'm still looking, da, da, da. Um, here we go, Walt don't divide us, hypocrisy does, let's listen in. In fact, that's the real amnesty, pretending we can deport 11 million people. 
or build a wall without spending tens of billions of dollars of taxpayer money uh, is abetting uh, what is uh, really just factually incorrect. It's, it's not going to work. The bill before us will certainly do some good. It will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. And that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration in this country. Uh, Senator McConnell wanted me to negotiate the wall with President Trump. I said to him two things. First, it's not a negotiation, no wall. And second, I said, only you can persuade him that he shouldn't uh, do the wall because it'll cause a government shutdown. Illegal immigration is wrong. And a primary goal of comprehensive immigration reform must be to dramatically curtail future illegal immigration. Second, operational control of our borders through significant additional increases in infrastructure, technology, and border personnel must be achieved within a year of enactment. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How hypocritical are they? So... Who are you going to believe? Trump has been consistent on his stance on immigration. The Democrats have not. So who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? Well, you can't say I didn't say it. I just played some sound. We could even go further back if you want. On, um, let's see, uh, let's see what this one is. A flashback of Schumer sounded like Trump. Let's see what. What this one is all about, okay, actually no, this one, this one isn't uh, edited, so I'm not going to do that one, um, Bill Clinton, let's do Bill Clinton, this is him, Bill Clinton from 1995, let's see. Let me ask you, uh, on the subject of what to do with the undocumented, undocumented immigrants, take a listen to President Bill Clinton at the 1995 State of the Union Address. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. Okay, so As a how... a policy matter. All right, stop. How is... Stop. So how is that different than um, what Trump is proposing? How is that different? How is that different? Let's hear Obama about the bill being tough on, on uh, border security. Come on, let's go. The system's still broken. And to truly deal with this issue, Congress needs to act. And that moment is now. This week, the Senate will consider a common-sense, bipartisan bill that is the best chance we've had in years to fix our broken immigration system. It will build on what we've done and continue to strengthen our borders. It will make sure that businesses and workers are all playing by the same set of rules. And it includes tough penalties for those who don't, it's fair for middle-class families by making sure that those who are brought into the system pay their fair share in taxes.
and for services. And it's fair for those who try to immigrate legally by stopping those who try to skip the line. It's the right thing to do. Now, this bill isn't perfect. It's a compromise. And going forward, nobody's going to get everything that they want. Not Democrats, not Republicans, not me. But this is a bill that's largely consistent with the principles that I and the people on this stage have laid out. Okay, so you see they were they were they were able to compromise on a bill there. Now they don't want to even negotiate. Again, I'm going back to the word hate. They absolutely hate President Trump. They can't believe that he's president that he took out their their uh queen who was supposed to be president but they cannot believe that he is president and they hate him and that's why they will do anything to stop him it doesn't matter if they destroy themselves or the country that's the that's the truth they don't care if they destroy themselves so um i don't um think I'm being overly uh, critical I uh, the critics the I'm being you know I'm being real here they absolutely hit him and that's the bottom line so if you look at it from that standpoint if you hate someone would you work with them you on you don't understand how strong hate is hate is a very powerful thing it definitely will consume you. You, if you ever feel hate, you have to try to get away from it because you could get so consumed with hate, and hate it will destroy you. It really will. It, it hate is a really destructive, uh, a destructive force. I mean, let's see. Uh. Let's see here. Oh, da, 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 I'm humming because I don't want dead air. Da, 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 da. Okay, let's see here. Let's talk about the destructive power of hate. Let's talk a little bit about that. Poison isn't always something you eat or drink. It can be an emotion. Let me say that again. Poison isn't always something you eat or drink. It can be an emotion. And hate is one of them. In fact, I would say hate is the most poisonous emotion ever. Now, I've been there before, or at least as close to hate as one can get. And I'm telling you, it does poison you. It just absolutely... Uh, you know, it poisons you. And this is what you have to understand. The Democrats have an emotional poison towards this president. I don't think you understand or you hear me. They have an emotional poison against this president. So, eating you up inside causing destruction. Let me repeat that. Eating you up inside causing destruction. Do you have hate in your life? Okay. We're going to read for ways to control it before it damages you 
or your loved ones. So this is nece not necessarily speaking to to the um, the sent you know leaders of our Congress or senators. We're not trying. I'm not trying to reach them. I'm trying to reach you, the average person. If you are feeling hate and you really need to get this hate out of your life, well, I'm religious and believe in God, so I believe that that's the one true way of getting the hate out of your system. But let's see what this article says here. Hate is a mighty strong emotion. This mental 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 venom can pollute your spirit poison your soul and seep into all of the relationships that surround you anyone who has found themselves wrapped up in the arms of hate knows how damaging and mind-consuming it can become stop right there it is so true is it's been said that you could basically swap out but like you could love someone and then you could hate them the very next second because it's so close it's like close but opposite whatever love is it's the negative hate so sometimes many that you really really and truly love with all your heart and you can if something happens that cause you to hate them that hate will be almost just as powerful and it will consume you you will think of nothing like once I hated someone so much that I couldn't even stand to be in the same area or space where they were it was that bad so that's poison it really is poison it's not a good thing I'm I don't have hate like that right now thank God because that's a really powerful destructive thing and you don't want that you really don't so um continue anyone who found themselves wrapped up in the arms of hate knows how damaging and mind-consuming it can become even the word carries power particularly if it comes from a friend a family member or a child oh yeah how true that is it really does it really does I haven't told most people I hate them that when I really meant it but when I said it it hurts I mean I'm trying to think if I ever had anyone said that they hate I never had anyone outright said that they hate me besides people you know you fans they just throw words around I hate you the haters you know I hate you you know I'm talking about actual actual person that actually really and truly hate me okay oh, this guy's shut up he's just blue okay i'm sorry he's annoying he's annoying very annoying okay so i'll turn that phone down sorry about that so see that wasn't hate that was a, a little bit of rage he's been blowing my phone up okay um Let's get back. He threw me off course here. So even the word carries power, as I said. I've never had anyone that actually hated me that they, well, let me think. Um, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, it was, 
the closest I came was when it was a co-worker that we were really close friends and things didn't go right and we had we worked in the same space it was in awkwardly intense every day I mean we wanted to kill each other it was that bad so that's hate is very dangerous so um well today I want you to ask yourself these questions does hate have a place in my life do I harbor any feelings of hatred towards myself or anyone else if you do I implore you to address this negative feeling before it becomes something much more dangerous hate when left unchecked will drain your spirit tarnish your soul and darken your days all true this article is so true so true I don't actually hate and I'm so happy right now I dislike some people yes but not passionately disliking which would be venturing into hate yeah I don't have that but um, it's a very bad thing it's very very bad it is like how everyone says God is love and God is love I believe that Satan is hate so I don't want anything to do with him. He's an uh, enemy. Okay, so generally speaking, there are two kinds of hate. The kind that turned outward explosion and the kind that's turned inward implosion. Both of these will eat you up inside. So if you find yourself living with hate, perhaps today is a good day for little wellness house cleaning let's talk about hating others <laughs> hate turned outward is both dangerous and ugly it can motivate violent crime and damaging behaviors it is very true and again looking back on the past when a trusted friend basically stole from me I hated him so much I wanted to do unspeakable things I'm not gonna talk about here but I literally would stake out waiting for him to to return to his home and I've already, I plotted in my mind what I was going to do I really was I think the definition of temporarily insane and I plotted things but I think that his family warned him and they knew that something was going to happen and thank God a friend who believes in the word of God did talk me down and I'm glad that he did today thank God Orlando did okay so hating others hating others the recent shooting at the LA Fitness Gym in Pennsylvania is a painful reminder of this. The gunman's hatred towards women and their, oh I didn't hear about this, rejection of him fuel the desperation, insanity and carnage that cost several people their lives. Right there, let me stop right there again. Uh, 
that's a very uh, common thing. Some people, and I could put myself in this category to an extent, don't like to, well, no one really likes to be rejected. And is it the, the thing is how to deal with the rejection. I mean, if you're rejected by women, you don't go and you kill women. That's not going to help the matter. If you, you're rejected by women, you kill women. You ha Whatever you're doing is wrong. So you find a way to um, change the, your approach. You don't go and say, okay, no woman want to be with me. I'm just going to kill them all. Or, you know, it's just, it's it doesn't make any sense. So how you, that's going to really make you get a woman now. You, you say, okay, if, if they don't want me, I kill them all. That's, that's your thinking on it. It's a sick way of thinking. Do you understand how sick that is? Or do you not understand how sick you are? Okay, so where are am I? Da, da, da. At the heart of all hatred is blame, and this is particularly true for hatred turned outward. When one feels like they've been seriously wronged or victimized by someone, stop right there. Let's bring it full circle right back to what I said that the Democrats hate this man. So, they blame him for their not being in charge, not having their president, and they blame him for that. Because they, so because of the blame on that, they they happen to to uh, cook up a, a dossier scheme about collusion. So anything, anything, anything to you know to perpetuate the hate that they feel and the blame they put on him for for winning how dare you take our opportunity away from us to completely turn america into a a welfare uh state um we call it a uh, communist socialist however you want to put it that this was their time to put the nail in the coffin. But we, the American people, spoken, and we said, no, there's still more of us here who are more moderate and not cuckoo crazy leftists that wants the country to remain the way it is in, in to, a, you know, to a certain extent. So... When one feels like they've been seriously wronged or victimized by someone, their discontent and anger carries with it a potential seeds of hatred. This quote is from Siddhartha Buddha says it all. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else, you are the one who gets burned. I have to. I think that it's so, so true. It is so true. Again, uh, human. I'm reflecting some of these, these things on myself from the past because it is true. When you hate, when I hated, I essentially got burned. So. It does. I don't. It really does eat away at your soul. 
It really does. And I like my soul. I don't want my soul to be eaten. So I like this quote here because the antidote for hatred is definitely within your grasp. The hand that slaps also has the potential to become the hand that comforts. It all depends how you choose to use that hand. This point is also made in this antidote, Native American in origin. A grandfather talking to his young grandson tells the boy he has two wolves inside of him struggling with each other. Which I would say, they usually say an evil uh, angel on your shoulder and then the devil on your shoulder, something like that. The first is the wolf of peace, love, and kindness. The other is the wolf of fear, greed, and hatred. Which wolf will win, grandfather? Asked the young boy. Whichever one you feed is the reply. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. With these two sentiments, the more you hold on to hatred, the more likely it is that the hot coal of the emotion will burn you. And the more you feed it, the stronger it becomes. It is true. It's Like I said, it's so opposite of love, but certain things are the same. The more you hold on to love and you feed it, the stronger it grows and becomes. So, um, however, you can control... The feelings that can lead to hatred have developed a different meaning of hate for hate. An ac acronym of the mindset you need to counter this destructive emotional assault on your mind and body. Simply think of H-A-T-E this way. H. Healing. A. Aggressive. T. Thoughts. E. Emotionally. Healing aggressive thoughts emotionally. I think I'm going to actually uh, leave a link to this in the uh, description. So if you want to click on this, you can. Because it's really powerful. It's a lot I don't want to read through all of this. Uh, actually, it's very important. Let's keep going. It's a very important lesson, and it's, it'll help you understand why, no matter what Trump does, this Democrat Party will never support him because they have hate, hate for him. And so it's not, they're not going to, um, they're not going, there's nothing that he can do will, that will help, and I hope that this president knows that they hate him. They really do. You then you, they'll never like you. Never mind love. It's not possible. So it's not gonna happen. It's, um, H A T E healing aggressive thoughts emotionally. Consider the following five steps to diffuse your hatred. 1. When you begin to feel hateful thoughts, stop. 
take a deep breath, let it out very slowly, and repeat this process for four or five repetitions. It doesn't work for me. When I get angry, and angry, anger is does play a role in, in uh, hate. When I get angry, they say count to five. It doesn't work for me. Count to five, breathe. No, it doesn't work for me. For me, I have to walk away from the situation. I have to get away from it. Because if I don't get away from it, then the, it doesn't work. Especially if if both parties hate each other, then that's another issue. See, Trump doesn't hate them. He really doesn't hate them. They hate him. But if both parties hate each other, it's, it can be really catastrophic. Number two, consciously challenge your irrational hateful thoughts. That is true. That will work. I live in my mind most of the time and I will constantly challenge not just that but anything that's irrational. I challenge everything in my head. Everything I challenge it because I, I like to think rationally. So I will challenge things in my mind so that I believe that that one will work. Replace those hateful or rational thoughts with calmer, rational thoughts, which is also, also true. That works. That's what I do. That's why I almost lost a, 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 a close friend or best friend because of, I won't say hate, more anger. So, in that case, I did constantly challenge my rational thoughts of why I was so angry at him. Then replace those thoughts with maybe, you know, there's a reason. And we got to a place where all is well now. I'm sick of losing best friends. I've lost too many best friends and I'm sick of losing best friends. And so this time around with this best friend, I fought to not damage the relationship permanently and we are back on the road to recovery. I don't want to lose any more best friends. I'm sick of losing best friends because for me, losing best friends are very damaging. Because best friends are someone that I tell everything to that emotion, you know, it's like an emotional attachment. I tell them just things I would never tell anyone else. So, um, I was, I wasn't about to lose another best friend again. And so, I am glad that he decided not to, uh, that he decided to forgive me. He is a forgiving person, so that's good. Cheddar, on the other hand, from the past, he's not that forgiving. And so, even though I played a role, he played a role too, and we there was no giving there. So, that's done. Over and done with. But, uh, let's get back to this. Number... Number four, if your feelings are directed at another person, limit your contact with this person. It's just like I said, you at that you, it has to be done. You have to limit your contact to that person. And when I hated the coworker who was a close friend of mine, we couldn't limit the contact because we worked in the tight same space. There was no limiting, and so it just fueled to the point where he told management that he could not know he could no longer work alongside with me and i wanted that too but i didn't want to be the one to do it and he did it 
and that actually helped heal both of us. We never, obviously the friendship wasn't healed, we never really said anything to each other at all. So uh, that is very true. Limit the contact with that person. And number five, employ a distraction strategy to refocus your mind. Watch a movie, go for a walk, read a book, exercise. You know, whatever you do, you do that. And that is true. Refocus your mind. That This is a very uh, helpful article. It's really some great advice here. Go to your pastor, go to church. They don't have that in there. You can do that. Like I said, religion plays a really good, great role too in getting over hate. Speak to God. Pray. Are you the object of hate? Now there's the, this one is also, uh, I've, I really can't say I've been the object of hate before because, well, besides people who just don't like my policy, they don't even know me or, I mean, my political views or they just hated my music. I mean, people, you, people overuse, used words in the wrong, you know, they, what's the word? They over-exaggerate. They don't actually hate. They don't even know me. How could you hate me? Are you the object of hate? So, if you've ever been the target of hatred, you know how upsetting, frightening, and emotional it can be. Actually, since the overall effects of hatred are so physically harmful and emotionally devastating, perhaps we should think of hatred as another type of H-bomb. As you may recall, real H-bombs, hydrogen bombs, generate most of the energy they produce from something called nuclear fission. In addition, the producing energy nuclear fission is also what ignites the, igni the initial explosion of a nuclear weapon. In a similar way, hatred produces energy from destructive power, and the fission, what actually ignites the explosion, is driven by the intense hostility, fear, anger, or sense of injury one feels. When you're confronted by this kind of extreme dislike, you basically have two choices regarding your response. You can either sink to the hatred, the, the hateful level, and toss a few H-bombs of your own, which I've done before, or you can recognize this behavior as a character flaw and not respond to it, to respond to it in kind. Now, that works, but with some people, the hatred is so intense. For instance, like I was saying, love can really... When it, love turns around to become hate, it's a very powerful hate. And so I've had this before from a former close friend of mine who uh, would just want to confront me and, and get me to feel the hate that he did and, and engage and get into a conflict. And the more I ignored, it didn't help because he just get more in my face and he would just, just try to embarrass me in front of everyone. It didn't help. So for me... I had to go back to where 
The article says to, uh, where is it, um, where it says to limit your contact from that person. So that's what worked for me. I had to limit my contact from him in the sense that that's what helped me. Okay, so where are we now? Sorry, I hate when that happens. You get a, a hair in your throat. Oh boy, I can't hear. That's what she's. Okay, so um, let's continue here. Overcoming self-hatred. Another one that I had because of, well, if you read my book, you would know, which I'd like to thank. I have my phone in front of me right now. Where's my phone? Uh, let's see. Where is it? Uh, go open this up. Open up my... Ethan. I'd like to thank Ethan for buying my book. I thank you very much for your support. P-Bomb Show from my Snapchat. One of my fans who's been following me for ages. When I can buy my book. Okay, so... Uh, too often we turn our feelings or dislike on ourselves, which is equally damaging. Hate turned inward can crush your spirit and impact your health. Take overrating, for example, which may say is a symptom of self-hate by compulsively. Okay, let's go back to this. I said that's not. Let's take overeating. I don't know why I said overrating. Take overeating, for example, which may say is a symptom of self-hate by compulsively overeating you're actually making yourself sick putting on healthy weight and contributing to a feeling of unattractiveness all of these forms of self-punishment so i'm not gonna there's a lot more here but like i said i'm going to uh link to this article here and it's uh it's gonna give you some suggestions towards the end a guideline so um this was a very uh very insightful article written by dr john h scarl so i'm going to definitely minimize this and link to this later i did not mean to do such a long show i really um i have to put together a whole week of show and uh and as you know that i have a lot going on here which is why i'm pre-recording my shows and gotta get things packed up but you guys know this already so have a good monday and see you on the next one